Ten nationalities. Eight clubs. Five stadiums. Two AFC Cup spots. And one Singapore Premier League champion. The 2022 season promises to be an exciting one and the final whistle wants to walk alongside you from match day one to match day 28. This is the SPL podcast where we'll preview and review each match day in Singapore's top flight football league, dissect the main talking points with special guests and discuss the standout players and teams of the week. Not just that, Roshan, we'll also get the fans involved in a little special segment. This is the SPL podcast. Hi everyone, this is Farah. And this is Raushan. Now Raushan, we mentioned having a guest each week. Before we start our show, let's introduce today's guest because it is only right that we get him to tell our listeners on the background behind the show. Nipuraj Ghanisan, welcome along. Hi guys, uh, thanks for, for having me. Uh, you talked about you know introducing why we have this show. Uh, the idea is simple but uh, much needed. Uh, you know, in the current local uh, content landscape, we've got, of course, Rita RR. Uh, and the final whistle doing uh, weekly episodes around personalities in the local game past and present. Uh, Raushan would know for Rated Ara is very much involving the fabric of what's happening in Singapore football currently, while the final whistle is more on the personal side of those involved in our game. Two different products, but I believe we serve the same purpose, you know, to, to uplift Singapore football. Uh, and of course, there are others like the unofficial SG Football Podcast, Sterling Cover, etc. Uh, plenty of those out there. But I think uh, with our knowledge, uh, our shared knowledge, our connections, there was an avenue to have uh, own preview and review show for the SPL. Uh, if we have one for the English Premier League, you know, why can't we have one for the Singapore Premier League? Uh, and I wanted this to be a weekly companion for, for every SPL fan. Uh, and I think the show has got perfect hosts uh, in you guys. Uh, I hope people, the fans, will give us uh, the support uh, and, you know, even potential sponsors listening in. If you feel you could help us, uh, get in touch with us via social media. But yeah, to sum it up, I think everyone has a part to play and uh, this is another way in which the, the final whistle wants to chip in uh, for local football. Wow, Deepan. Uh, sorry, I had to pause and clap for you. That was an excellent introduction <laughs> as to why we are doing this. Uh, yeah, you're right. The The fabric is very much in place, but there is a place for fans to have a companion on the way to match day to check in and to get involved as well. So it's really good to have you on on the first show. Let's get started and look ahead or rather look back on the past weekend's Community Shield, shall we? Yep, and where else to but to the Jalan Besar Stadium where SPL defending champs, the Lion City Sailors clinched a 2-1 win over Alvarez Negata. Debut goals from both teams, Kim Shun worked with a brace for the champions while Tadanari Lee got the sole goal for Alvarez from the spot. Roshan, let me come to you first. Deserved win? On the balance of play, probably, but it felt very much like a preseason game. I, I felt so. The first half was quite laborious between both teams. I think Albrecht were clearly well-drilled, better drilled, better equipped. But the Lion City Sailors pulled through eventually and you expect that when they have the, the quality that they have in their squad, right? You We saw two well-taken goals by Kim Shin Wook. Did he do much else? No, but I don't think you'll expect him to do much else, much else all season long. He's there to get the goals and he got two beautiful goals. So I think... Deserved win, yes. I think it's a statement of intent in terms of the power play between Albrecht and Lion City Sailors. But there's plenty to improve for both teams. Uh, what do you think, Deepan? Uh, yeah, actually, I've got to, to disagree with uh, Raushan because I think that <gasps> uh, on the balance of play, I thought the deserved winner would be uh, Albrecht's Negata. I thought 
uh, across both halves, I think they created a better chances. And if not for Hassan Sani in goal, who made some outstanding saves in the second half. I remember a point-blank save from uh, Tadanari Lee in the, in the second half. I think Albrecht would have won the game. But again, you know, uh, to Raushan's point, Sailors have those uh, bona fide match winners in the squad right now. Uh, with Kim Shin Wook, and this was the case in the game, right? Where in the first half, I thought he was quite poor. Uh, I thought he didn't really get too, too involved in the game. But all you need is to give him half a chance in the box and he's going to put it away. And what a goal that was for the second goal, Raushan. I know we were, we were you know, sitting uh, side by side watching this game. And, you know, when that goal went in, I was like, wow, you know, this is what we're going to get this year. We might not see him getting too involved in gameplay, but the ball goes to him in the box and he's going to finish it off. So, uh, and, and, you know, I was talking to Delwinder Singh just a, a few weeks ago and he was telling me because they had a preseason game against uh, the Sailors, uh, Ballester. Um, and he was telling me, you know, he, he's not going to be in and around the pitch so much, but just take one second off him. Like, you know, just take your eye one second off him and he's going to pounce. And that's what he did in this game as well. So, uh, like you mentioned, I thought it was, uh, he had a bit of a preseason feels in terms of the, the gameplay and all. Uh, but I thought it was a good enough game to get us started for, for the season. Farah, you caught the game as well. How did you find the balance of play between both the teams? Honestly, I have to agree with what the both of you were saying. Uh, you pretty much hit the nail on the head with every uh, everything there. I mean, for me, watching, I watched it from home. And I personally thought that, um, it like like what Deepan said, Alborex were looked like they had the be- they definitely had the better chances and they were pretty much in control, especially in the first half. So I felt like at the end of the day, it was pretty much the Wookiee show, wasn't it? It was just all about him. And like you said, all he needed is that, like half a chance, two chances, two goals, and yeah, that winner. I I don't I my jaw was literally on the floor. So honestly, I cannot wait to see what more he actually has in store for us. Yeah, yeah and you I know, think sorry, was... just to just to bring a point in. Uh, I think we saw on social media that you know a lot of people who don't necessarily always follow the the local league, they were sharing clips of the goal. So you know, as much yeah. as we are, we were already aware of the pedigree that Shinwook is bringing to the league. Uh, I think one thing that we didn't realize is the kind of impact he will have on the social media side of things because this was just it's not even match day one of the Singapore Premier League, and already you know this clip is going viral in some sense among social media users. So I think a lot of uh, positives there. I think a goal like that deserves to go viral, right? Because it was so well taken. It was really, to your point, wet the appetite for the season ahead. So I'm excited to see how LCS then develop because Shinwook thrives on service. I don't think LCS gave him the best service on match day uh, on that match day. So as the season progresses, they're going to tailor make the service for him, right? And then it's going to be goals galore, I feel. All right, so plenty to look forward to from both teams. Let's now build up to match day one of the 2022 Singapore Premier League season. And that starts on Friday, February 25th at 7.45pm. Albrecht's Nigata take on Tanjung Paga United at the Jurong East Stadium. It's known as the Western Derby, which I find quite funny considering one team is from Japan and one team is from Tanjung Paga. But all the same, plenty to look forward to. Before I get deep in thoughts, some team news. Albrecht, nothing of note, they came through fairly unscathed after the Community Shield. The only notable absentee will be Nikki Melvin Singh, who's still in Cambodia, having contracted COVID during the AFF Under-23 Championship. For Tanjong Paga, this is going to take me a while. For Tanjong Paga, they have a long-term absentee in Shake Hamza. Sharon Sabrin is suspended, a carry-on from last season for accumulating yellow cards. Blake Rishuto is unlikely to feature, having only just joined the team this week. What has it also, this is of slight concern, what has it also also that Daniel Bennett has yet to clear the mandatory yo-yo test? Also, there's word in the fraternity that joggers have been hit by a COVID outbreak. 
Now, at the time of recording, there's been no official statement from the club or the association, so the game is set to proceed. But Deepan, surely Tanjung Paga would love for this game to be cancelled, right? Considering what I just told you. <laughs> wow, I mean, yeah, they, they would love for this game to be to be called off, but I'm not quite sure if that will happen because uh, not too sure on what the protocols are uh, in terms of how many players have to be missing uh, either through injuries or, or COVID cases. Uh, before they're allowed to do that. And, and we saw this fiasco uh, play out in the English Premier League uh, over the couple of matches that they had. Uh, Arsenal come to mind in particular. Uh, but you know what? E- even with a, a full-strength uh, squad, I-, I don't see Tanjung Paga uh, being able to to stop Elbrex in the in the first game. Uh, you saw Elbrex against the Lion City Sailors and how strong on a, of an outfit they were. And, and like I mentioned, you know, without Hassan Sani's heroics, uh, I think Elbrex would have won the game. Uh, and I see this being a, a really one-sided game. Um, I know that last season when, when we saw these two sides meet, um, I think it ended in a 2-1 win for, for, for Tanjung Paga in one of the games. And then, of course, the last day of the season, uh, a four-all draw. Uh, so Elbrex will, in a sense, have revenge on their mind because, you know, if they had won uh, the, the last game last season, they could have, you know, possibly also had a chance to win uh, the title. You may, you may never know. But I think this one... Even to say 5-0, I feel like it's it's downplaying it. I feel like, you know, it's a chance for Elbrecht to start the season uh, firing on all cylinders. So, you know what? I, I'm going to go for a 5-0 prediction, uh, but I won't be surprised if there's more. Wow, big score. Uh, Farah, how are you feeling about Tanyo Paga? To Deepan's point, they've lost a key goal scorer. They yeah. haven't exactly bolstered their defence, losing Delvin there and replacing him with all due respect, 44-year-old Daniel Bennett. Are they going to struggle this year? I mean, let's start about the game at the weekend first. Are they going to struggle against Elbrex? I think they will. I mean, I think the main question to me, at least coming into this with Tanjung Paga, is how they personally will will cope without Luis Jr. I'm not, I I don't, I I, I can't really see how, it's in a firepower sense, how they would cope without him. So especially this week, I know that Tanjung Paga won't be no pushovers because Deepen already said, you know, last season we've seen that Albrecht smashed like six past them in the first meeting and then after that found it an absolute chore to play against them for the rest of the season. But I don't, I just don't see Albrecht letting anything slip this early on. Definitely not a match they won. So for me, I would say 4-0 Albrecht. Well, both of you going for big score lines. I, I'm not convinced. I take your point about Tanjung Paga's lack of firepower, but I don't think... It's going to be a clean sheet for Elbrex. I think I don't. Th- I'm not saying there'll be an upset. I do think Elbrex <laughs> will run out comfortable winners, but I do have a sneaky feeling that Tanjo Paga will at least uh, get one in. So I'm I'm predicting at least I'd say four one. Yeah, and actually another thing, Rashad. I mean, you you mentioned earlier on about how there's this uh, rumor swirling around that there's a COVID outbreak within Tanjo Paga's ranks. So that that makes me uh, ask the question. You know, have they had the best of preparation going into this game? Have they been training? I, I'm not quite sure because, you know, I, this is the first I'm hearing about those rumours. Uh, so, to me, I think that also is a factor uh, whether players have been able to train, how many players have been able to train. And, you know, against Albrex, you know, even sometimes being at 100% doesn't uh, guarantee you a, a good result. So, all the more. So, uh, yeah, to me, like I, like I mentioned, a, a 4-0 or a 5-0, a very easy win for Albrex on opening day. So, that's okay. all three of us agreeing that Albrex will win yeah. quite comfortably. Let's move on to the yeah. next game, shall we? Yeah, so the next one will be at the Tuapayo Stadium on Saturday, kickoff 5.30pm as Tampines Rovers take on Balestia Khalsa. Before we get into it, some team news for both sides. 
sites. For the stacks, Irfan Najib has tested positive for COVID-19 last week. Ryan Sanazal back from the AFF under 23. For Balestia, meanwhile, goalkeeper Hyrule Shirhan, minor motorbike accident about two weeks ago, while under 23 midfielder Idol Johari had a knock in preseason and is a doubt for the weekend. So interesting one, guys. Raushan, you want to take this one? Yeah, I'm, I'm quite excited actually because it's Agbanawa is going up against a club he used to manage. But more than that, Agbanawa is at the helm of Belstia Kalsa looking to implement Akba Ball going up against Gavin Ball, right? I, I, I'm expecting big things from Tampines this year. I was having a look at their squad list and they have the most number of under 23 players in their list assigned. And that speaks volumes of Tampines' plan to go forward, right? So I, I, I believe in Gavin and I think this season is when he will get the right tools. I think they've done well to address issues at the back. I think they've uh, revamped that entire defence, essentially. They've let Madhu go, they've let Bai go, they've let Bennett go, and they've uh, come in with able replacements. And I look forward to Tempanese actually putting out a show against Belstia Kalsa, who, as Deepan alluded to when we did the final whistle uh, season preview, it might be a case of this season getting used to playing under what Akbar wants from them. So I don't expect them to hit the ground running. Of course, playing at home in the first game of the season, they'll be hyped up for it, undoubtedly. But I do suspect Tempanis to come out and get the result against Belstia. Maybe not by the biggest of margins. I suspect maybe 3-1, 3-2 to Tempanis. Yeah, I think when, when you look at uh, this game, what is interesting for me is that uh, Akbar, while, while Raushan mentioned, right, uh, Akbar was with Tempanis. Uh, as a head coach several years ago. But more recently, uh, last year, when uh, Tampines went on their AFC Champions League campaign, Akpa was actually attached to uh, the Tampines Rovers squad. So, you know, he, he knows this Tampines Rovers squad well. He knows the, the kind of tactics that Gavin will employ. He knows the kind of personalities uh, that Tampines squad has. So, you know, whether this is an advantage for, for him, you know, time will tell. But um, I'm looking at the past records here and, and I don't think that will have any impact on this game because uh, we know that this is a completely new Palestine team. I mean, not just in terms of players, but also the kind of football that they'll be playing this season. So, of course, the last, last time these two teams met, <laughs> Palestine ran away 5-2 winners. Uh, yeah. I remember that game. I think that was one Zuzu scored a, a hat-trick, no? Um, With all due respect, that was a very different Tempest team stuck <laughs> in a post-Tempest yeah. League hangover. So. Yeah, for sure. But, but I think... First game, and, and I, I, I've said it on the show before, the preview show, where, you know, I think we've got to be quite um, taken aback, you know, in terms of our expectations with uh, Ballester this season. It's going to be hard to suddenly change your style of football. It's going to take some time. But having said that, I think it's the first game of the season. Players will be out to impress on both sides. Uh, I, I see this being a draw. I, I, I think perhaps a, a goal-scoring draw. I think it'll be a 2-2 draw uh, between both teams. Farah, any thoughts on how you think Tempanese are going to fare against uh, Belstick also? I mean, let's put aside the fact that they had a poor final stretch for them last season. Lost, what, six of their last ten games. But like you said, it's going to be a different Tempanese Rovers. I, I don't see them... Um, I, I don't see them, you know, going back to that. So I feel like it will be a pretty slim win for Tempanese on match day one. I'd say like 2-1 to Tempanese simply on the fact that I think Tampanis and Gavin has kept the core of Tampanese Rovers pretty, pretty much intact. Meanwhile, Balestia has a new look team. So in my head, I, I don't know how quickly they would gel together. So just on that fact, I'd say Tampanese to one. 
Fair enough. I, I think uh, valid point. One thing I am looking forward to is hopefully the Tampines away kit in action because uh, it's a very tasty kit. We'll talk about kits later. Let's move on to <laughs> Super Sunday in the Singapore Premier League when the Lion City Sailors take on Haugang United. That's at the Jalan Besar Stadium at 5.30pm this Sunday. Uh, quick team news. LCS are without Maxim Lestien just yet. He has arrived in Singapore. I believe he's joint training already, but he's not ready to join the matchday squad. So we'll have to wait a little longer to see the the Belgian winger in action. For Haugang, though, Sahil Suhaimi back in training, but still working his way back to full fitness, having missed out all of last year. I think he's okay to take his time and recover. Idraki Adnan Idraki, as well. Yeah, yeah Idraki Adnan yeah. as well is on the men. And uh, so they do have players to look forward to. But hey, Haugang have made big moves this window. And why not we start there? Haugang, with their new signings, are they going to take this game to LCS? Deepen? Um, I'm not. I'm not sure really. And I got to be honest. You know, I I would love to sit here and say, you know, oh, I know how how Gang is going to set up and all because I think with how Gang they've always taken a match by match approach to how they set up. Uh, so we saw with uh, their matches against the Sailors last season. Uh, I wouldn't call it pragmatic, but they knew what they wanted to do. They knew the spaces to attack. They knew they could benefit from set pieces, and that's what they did. Uh, and we saw with how Gang and Sailors last season, it was always a tight affair. Uh, between those teams, uh, wasn't it? Because I thought, uh, I think the last game between those sides ended in a 1-1 draw. Uh, and then, if you remember, the one at Haugang Stadium, uh, the Diego Lopez, uh, beautiful goal from Diego Lopez that won mm. them the game 1-0. Uh, and then, of course, the Jalan Besar countered the first one between both sides ended in a 3-1 Haugang win. So, uh, more or less, it's been tight affairs. But this one, I, I really don't see how, um, or rather, I really can't put a proper prediction to it because on one hand, you know, we have seen the sailors in action, but I think they are much better than what they showed uh, in the community show. And then you've got Haogang with Fadaos and Clement uh, and, and the new coach uh, Fujimoto in the ranks. They are going to be tactically there. They're going to be tactically set up to frustrate uh, the sailors. I'm just going to put my neck out and say that this is going to deviate from the past two low-scoring games. I see both of them going... Uh, end-to-end, and I see this being a 2-2 draw as well. Sorry to go with the same prediction as my previous game, but I, I see Haugang getting something. I think for the next show, Farah, we remove the fence because the guest has a habit of sitting <laughs> on it. Uh, Farah, how are you feeling about Lion City Sailors? I mean, they're going to be the team to beat, aren't they? Like, the ex- expectations for Sailors definitely higher this season. They've, you know, stacked up accordingly. I Weaknesses... I mean, time will tell, but I just don't see at least on match day one, Haugang getting, no, I wouldn't say getting anything past them. I'll de- I definitely see Haugang getting on the score sheet. I think it's also going to be another slim win. I think LCS will make it. Maybe like 3-2. Just, you know, I think there's just slightly a little more quality to them. But on the overall basis, Haugang look pretty good. And I feel like they will be challenging for the title. I actually see them, you know, putting in a pretty strong challenge, saying, you know, they've made some solid signings and everything that Deepen said just now. But on match day one, I think LCS 3, Haugang 2. That's what I'm going for. Sorry, Raushan, before you, you chime in, and maybe you can add to this as well. Look, I, the reason why I think Haugang and, you know, even Farah said... Um, that they might get on the score sheet. The reason I think this is because you look at the attackers that Haugang have in their ranks, Amy, Reka, and uh, Shawal Anwar. Uh, as much as, you know, on paper, you've got the likes of Harris and uh, Pedro in, uh, in, in defence for the Sailors. This is pace that, you know, not every defender can deal with. You know, if, the, if this Haugang team is able to get the ball in behind uh, the spaces between the fullback and the defence, 
uh, and the likes of Amy, the likes of Shawal can get on the end of it, they can cause a lot of problems for this sailor's defence. With all due respect to uh, Harris and, and Pedro, um, I don't think they're the quickest uh, getting to the ball, especially compared to, to Shawal and Amy. So I think that is a danger area for, for, for Haugang to exploit. Uh, what do you think about that? No, 100% agree with you, Deepan. If the Haugang coaching staff hadn't already taken notice of that, they would now, now that you've mentioned it on air. The pace is a worry for LCS to deal with, especially because I feel the Lion City Sailors, they are, they are under 23 player. They played at the weekend, isn't ready. And if Anik Raushan is still injured and not ready to play, then there might be uh, a gap that Haugang can attack at. I, I, I know a lot has been said about Haugang signings, very exciting signings, obviously. Andre Moritz comes with, again, big pedigree into the league. But I have worries about Haugang's defence. You know, I really have worries about Haugang's defence. I mean, are we really expecting Kim Shinwook not to have a field day against that defence when, we, when, we, when we've seen them, Haugang, this being culpable to defensive mistakes? So I, I suspect there will be goals. I, I like Farah's prediction of 3-2. I like your prediction of 2-2. I'm going to go one better. I say LCS win this. 4-2 purely because they have too much firepower. But because of your point of LCS being possibly vulnerable at the back to pace, I do expect them to concede. So possibly LCS to treat us to a Super Sunday 4-2 victory. Actually, I tell you what, Roshan, I think you brought up a fantastic point there. And especially because uh, I, I know we didn't mention his name when we were talking about team news, but I, I think Lionel Tan uh, could, could potentially miss this because I know he's been nursing an ankle injury, if I'm not wrong. So if he's not back, I think possibly Kaishu and uh, Anders might line up in defence. Uh, and then, th this is something we have to talk about, right? Uh, Haugang's goalkeepers. Uh, and in, in, it might be a choice between uh, Aizil Yazid, um, Ridwan Bakhrudin, or uh, Mukun in, in goal. And again, I think one thing that we saw last season happen many times was that these are not your best of custodians, especially when it comes to aerial balls. Uh, we know we know sailors are going to put it in there for Shinwook. You know what? what? Based on what you said, I'm going to change my prediction. I, I, I think I think you, I think you brought up a good point there. I, I I also agree with you. I don't see them stopping this, and I think it's going to be a big problem for them. So, I'm just going to go with with sailors three two uh, a three two sailors win. Okay, so goals galore on Super Sunday for those of the betting variety. If you're listening in, this is exactly why you should listen to this podcast because we're going to set you up each week with team news and then opinions like this about who's missing, what could happen. So do continue to support the Final Whistle SPL podcast as we gear you up to match days every week. Now let's get into some fun stuff. In the off-season, we saw the release of the club's kits. Raushan, Deepan, we're going to put them into a tier list. And a quick advisory, members of the clubs listening in, sit back and don't be offended because taste is pretty much subjective. So let's start with the champions, shall we? Let me go first. I want to go first. I feel like... <laughs> I feel so strongly about this suddenly. I actually feel like last season's kit was so much better only because of the collar. I'm just not a fan of the whole collar thing this season. Otherwise, pretty much the same because I think it's just nice and classic looking. What do you guys think? I, I'm with you. I, I, I'm not a fan of the collar. I've had this conversation with Deepan Offair before and he's clearly a fan of the collar. He'll jump in on that. But just before we get stuck into individual team jerseys, I just want to iron out the tiers that we have in place, right? We have Dai Dai Must Buy, which is your favourite kit. Nice, which is okay. Not bad, not bad. 
okay lah means below not bad and then free also the one i mean i'll be surprised singaporeans free also the one but you know those are the tiers we are looking to rank the jerseys in so to your point about lion city sailors i'll put them in the not bad category because i feel i feel the club are the are the team to beat not just on the pitch but off the pitch right they're setting the standards with their marketing with their videos with everything social media related and then the kid was a damn squib if you ask me like honestly too plain i know there's some puma technology involved that's got a lot of people excited but for me nah nah i put it in i put it in free also though um ah, really? I, i think i think i agree with rosha you know why because if you have last season's kit would you really want to go and get this season's kit especially when True. it's very similar yeah. uh I, yeah I, so i agree with raushan and i'm not saying that the kit as a whole is bad but i'm saying that there's not much changes from from last season um i have already last season sailor skit so if if someone were to give me it for free i might still take it but you know overall i, I don't think it's something to really shout home about or anything so I, yeah i agree with, with raushan's placing and what, one last point on the lcs kit right the home and away I mean, give me some variety, lah. It's just a copy and paste design. You just change the color palette. Nah, not for me. Shall we move on to the next team? Albrex. Let's go with Albrex. Yeah, sorry. If there's one jersey I hate more than Elsias, it's Albrex. <laughs> I, I was ranting to Deepen throughout the community shield about Albrex's kit. I have a big issue that I know we're talking about kits, so the top alone, but their top and their socks, the orange is different. How can like that? The OCD in me is dying. You cannot do that. <laughs> Actually, I wanted to say not bad. Eh. Compared to last season, I actually think this is not too bad. Like I would personally place it in. Actually, no lah. I'm gonna go one below. I'll say okay lah. To to okay. me, simply, I think because this season's kit is an improvement on on the last few seasons. I I like this one because uh I I think it was last season where we had that uh really ridiculous like city design. I think. Uh, the landscape of Singapore or whatever corny shit that you know Elbrex came up with, uh, for 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 the rationale of, of why there was that, uh, to me sorry but that didn't sit down with me. But I think this jersey, uh, from what I've seen, I, I do like it. So, uh, I I think I'm going to be outnumbered on this one, but I would put it in nice actually. Oof, we'll let you have this. I'm not. I'm. I disagree completely, but I'll let you have it. <laughs> okay, thanks. Okay, what about so, um Haugang next? Wow, how oh, wait, Do you put it? Do you put it in a tier? I'm going you to. You put it in a tier. Yeah, go. Oh, oh, I did. I didn't put it in a tier. Yeah, sorry, Elbrex. Very quickly, I will. I will put in free also the one. Just two free also the one that you've already <laughs> chucked in there. Okay. Uh, Haugang, as you were saying, I think Haugang. Sorry, Deepan. I know you were going to chime in here, but Haugang are showing how it's done with the orange kit. I I really like their kit. I know it's sponsor overdrive. Perhaps some would argue, but hey. We talk all along about stakeholders not being invested enough in the local league. There comes a team with sponsors in their chest, in their belly, on the sleeve, on the back. Mad respect to what they are doing. I think having sponsors usually makes a kid ugly, as F1 drivers will attest to. <laughs> But I think Haugang have done it quite tastefully. Uh, I did think the Haugang Hulls uh, fan video was a lot nicer for the for the kid release than the club itself. But that's by the by. As the kid itself, I will I will say nice. You know, actually, when I when I saw the the unveiling of the the jersey, I think Lionel Tan was the one that was uh, um, promoted, right? Promoting the jersey. I actually thought he was joining uh, Formula One as the next driver because, <laughs> uh, like you mentioned, uh, full of sponsors. So that's the only part that I don't really like. Uh, yeah, I I think 
the, the jersey in itself is nice but to me it's it's too too busy uh i know the the counter to that will be like hey the fellow who who wears the most business of shirts is saying that this jersey is, is <laughs> you but, say one i know i say yeah. <laughs> but that is different right but to me as a jersey nah I, it's not something that i would get uh not something i would wear so i would personally put it in free also don't want oof farah you have the deciding vote I'm actually going to put it in nice because I think the You lucky because I'm with you all season you better <laughs> have my side get okay, gone No I think the home kit is beautiful I actually love that they're sticking to the proper whole orange theme because like last season I really wasn't a fan of the whole black orange ombre situation they had going on I just didn't like it I thought it, it looked a little bit cheap but this one looks expensive also maybe because of all the sponsors but also very nice I, i i think it's really nice and i really appreciate the like you know little cheetah sports they have going on as well so yeah i'm going to put it in nice i think quite nice okay so that's two votes for nice so haugang goes into the nice category moving on to tempenis rovers and i know i mentioned their away kit but we are speaking primarily about their home kit how are you feeling about the yellow stripe fara i actually don't like it I can't Ooh. say I'm a fan. I'm so sorry. I do, yeah, I know because you guys were like really into it. You guys really liked it. But I don't know. I just, I the at least on based on first impression, I looked at it and I'm like, no. I don't know why. I don't know if it's like the clashing prints over like the front and the, you know, the little accents of the checkers on the sleeve and the back. I don't know. I just don't know if it was clashing or what. But the first thing I saw when I, I thought when I saw it, I was just like, I I didn't really like it but I really really like that they've actually gone back to like their classic yellow colorway so that one I appreciate so I will put it in oh, I'm sorry I'm going to put it in free also the one because I I would wear it I would wear it I'm sorry to me um I I like it uh the only thing uh thing about the jersey I don't like is the the checker the the checkers there yeah. again a very f1 themed uh, uh a jersey <laughs> Uh, with a checkered flag there, but I think overall it's a it's a jersey that I wouldn't mind having. Um, I I think Raushan, you you mentioned as well, right? They are away kit, so uh, I think they've got two really nice kits this season. But just focusing on the home one, I like it. Uh, don't quite understand why they had to put the checkers there. Uh, but I'm willing to close one eye on it. Uh, and I would put it in nice. Will you pay money for it? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I tell you after the show lah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's one vote for nice, one vote for free. Also, the one so Russia? it's gonna end up somewhere in between, I guess. For me, if it's the home kit, away kit, the away kit is the clear winner for me. The home kit, I'm gonna give them big credit for going back to their yellow. I think the fans have loved it. A lot of social media chatter about how it's a return to what Tempris Rovers are all about, and I and I respect that from a from a club standpoint. I also think. The hashtag Prime is a very good marketing initiative. I'm just going to get it out there. I think it works on various levels because they do tap on younger players. So there might be a word play there on Prime League. Maybe I'm overthinking this, but I I I do respect the Prime. Then I know we're talking about jerseys, but overall from a marketing perspective, I'm going to give this not bad. Now I know we're talking about home kits, right? But I quite like the away kit. I'll just leave it at that. The away okay, the away, the away yeah. kit. I think we all can agree that we will pay for it. Yeah, yeah, I think it's quite nice. I like the okay. Weekend. Okay. Okay, we'll agree on that. Okay, next up we'll have Tanjung Pagar United. What do you guys think? My wow. my big disappointment story was uh I thought that training kit they released was ace. I yeah. love their training kit, and I was like, wow, 
this is the home kit. Ah, uh, it's excellent. Then I was speaking to someone. I can't remember. They were like, no lah, bro. It's the training kit. It was I was like, me, no, it was it's me. the home kit. Oh, it was you. <laughs> Who else do I speak to, right? Then anyway, so it went it, until they have now announced this kit. I think it gets the job done. It's not overly ambitious. It's uh, it's simple. You look at it, you know it's Tanjo Paga because of the color scheme. And uh, yeah, I, I I prefer it to last season's kit that much. I'll tell you. So for me, it's uh, not bad. For me, I again nothing severe to complain. Uh, I'm not uh, I'm not a big fan of FBT jerseys, and and I'll touch on that with with Gilang later as well. But um, yeah, nothing much I could I would complain about. But again, this is one of those kits where would I go out to a shop to to purchase it? I I'm not quite sure about that. Maybe maybe at most I might you know if someone gives it to me for free, I will say hey why not I will take it. But again not not something that uh that's fantastic. Uh, I will put it in the middle as well. I would say yeah I think this I'm I'm very indifferent to it. This I I don't feel too strongly about it in 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 on both spectrums. I think it's just okay. It's a it's a it's a decent jersey. I also put it in not bad. I tell you what, actually, with, with Tajung Paga, they've got a massive advantage because I think they have got one of the fiercest looking club logos uh, uh, in the league, you know, with the Jaguar there. It looks really nice. So, can you imagine if they had made an all-black kit uh, and then had the... Wow! It's like... <laughs> that one, I will pay times two the amount to go and get it. Uh. Okay, I know wow, who the teams wow, will wow. be reaching out to for 2023 for <laughs> yeah. kit advice. Uh, swiftly moving on, we're going to put uh, Tanjo Paga in not bad, okay? Alongside uh, Tempanese. Uh, yep. I think moving on, we have Geelang International, which has caught a few eyebrows with, uh, raised a few eyebrows rather, with their kit. Uh, Farah, you seem to want to jump the gun on this. How are you feeling about the green? Stunning. Oh. I think it's stunning. I looked at it and I was like, I would pay money for it. Although if you do it for free, I'll take it. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, I think it's beautiful. Even the Awake kit, I think it's really beautiful. I, I, I like that little more pastel like approach to it. I just think it's quite nice. So yeah, I'll put it at like the topmost tier. Hey, I tell you what, I think this season on the pitch, Gelang uh, are going to get smashed left, right and centre. So it's only right that their, their jersey... It's a smashing success. Uh, either home and their away, I think, beautiful. Uh, I'm definitely getting the, the home jersey and the away jersey. Uh, but again, for free you know, or? Uh, if, if No Ali and Leonard want to give it to me for free, <laughs> uh, you know where to find me. But uh, the only reason, you know, when they released the kit, I, you know, I was like, eh, I was just trying to disturb uh, our producer Nas, uh, who is, of course, a big Geelang fan. But wow, like, to my point earlier, you know, with FBT, I'm always like, like, you know, not really too keen, but Wow, but I, I why? Thought, because you know when we are in secondary schools and we were playing for school teams, it was always MBTs. <laughs> you were like, ah, it's a school team jersey. Yeah. But for 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 I, I asked you to critique a design, bro, not uh, not the fabric. <laughs> sorry, sorry I, I I have to to ex- explicitly state my biases. But uh, with this jersey, the only issue I think fans had was the color, right? Uh, what percentage of green? But come on lah, you look at the jersey. Are you gonna say it's blue? Are you gonna say it's red? It's green, right? You know. So yeah. to me, I I don't see what's the issue. Uh, to me, I think some of the fans were nitpicking, but they are they are entitled to their views. I'm not saying it's wrong. Uh, but for me personally, I would put it in the top category for for me. Yep, for me as well. Die die must buy. I think their home and away has been beautiful. I think they've. They've tried to do something different and they've done it very tastefully. Another one also, their training kit, the red one also, I like a lot. So, Lynette, Noali, if you're listening in, 
Got a few spare lying around. Hit me up, bros. Uh, okay, uh, and then there's the final team. Uh, obviously, Stoke City. Sorry, I mean, uh, Balestier Kalsa. <laughs> How are you feeling about uh, Balestier's kit? Hey, actually, I, I think that uh, it's quite nice in the sense where it gets people looking. Uh, yeah, I know this jibe about uh, Stoke City and all. That's fine, but... Uh, to me, you've got an Adidas kit, Jeep. And actually, I had the ability to actually have the jersey in my hands. And a lot of the printing, like the, just, the, just the Jeep itself, and even the, there's a tiger emblem on the back, it's all really quite... Uh, there's expensive feels to it, you know. Um, again, this is one of those jerseys, aesthetically, you know, I, I, I don't love it. Uh, but I like it enough to, to want to buy it. And, you know, we, we did mention a bit about the away kits for the other clubs. They've got an amazing away kit because I love my, my black jerseys. So I might go for a combo, uh, maybe a discounted combo and get the, the home jersey as well. Well, what's the promo code? Can you share? This one's secret. <laughs> Farah, how are you liking uh, Ballester's kit? I think it's nice. I think it's nice. Like the first, again, obviously everything is going to be on like, the first basis of me like looking at it for the first time. I think it's, quite nice and also let me give credit to like Balestia's social media team because I think they've done their social media game really really well like I really enjoy their content it looks great and I love the videos that they've put out or their posts when it comes to like you know the new kits and everything and it's really nice and they're also their away kit I think quite nice I'm gonna put it in nice Okay, I think we... I agree. I think it's a nice touch. I, I prefer the way to the home, but the home kit is nice enough for me. So let's put it in the nice tier. So Geylang, to Deepen's point, might be winning one thing and one thing only this year and they've won the best kit because they are the only team standing in Die Die Must Buy. Let us know in the comments below which kit you liked. All right, guys. And we mentioned earlier that we'll get fans involved. This is the fans corner. We will get you to chime in. Saw anything that you are not pleased with or upset with or maybe you are really happy about something, tell us. Send us a voice recording to us via Telegram. You can either find me at Ziaul 8 Raushan or you can find Farah at Farah Nair on Telegram. And on this week's rant, we've got a Geylang fan. Let's listen in. I've been working in the broadcast industry for many years and all I can say is that the broadcast quality of the league has been very, very disappointing. Uh, the camera angles are bad and at times it was out of focus. And the audio, the less said about the audio, the better. I think we must be the only league in the whole world that uses camcorders instead of broadcast cameras. Uh, I mean, you know, at the Suzuki Cup and the AFC Under-23 Asian Cup qualifiers, we can see the difference in quality when proper equipment was used. And I think it says a lot that the broadcast quality was much better in the earlier years of the league than it is now. Well, that was Nas, who had plenty to say about the broadcast quality of the Community Shield. Uh, honestly, as a Geelang fan, I expected him to be ranting about his club because <laughs> there's plenty to be rent- rented about there. But lo and behold, it's the quality of the broadcast that caught that's caught his attention. Farah, I'll come to you first on this because Deepan and I were at Jalan Besar on match day. What are your thoughts of the overall quality of broadcast on uh, Saturday? I'm trying to think of how the city is like as nice as possible. Without losing future gigs? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I honestly think, okay, working on the production side myself as well before, I, it, it's not easy. There's a lot of technical things that needs to be sorted out and should be sorted out. But, you know, there were little things that people were complaining about um, Shane Wook's uh, second goal, the replay of the second goal, um, how the scorebook wasn't updated properly and I agree those things is that are definitely things that could be avoided 
But again, having said, being on the production side myself, I know it's not it's not an easy task. So let's give them a little bit of little bit of faith, lah. Like we'll give them a few more match days to get their to find their feet, and like hopefully, you know, after three to four weeks in, it it'll be smooth sailing. Deepan, you've got your year on the ground with these sort of things. What's your take on it? Hmm. Look, I I I do agree with Farah in the sense where you know we know that this season, uh, one play is not involved. Uh, so there, there might be a bit of adjustment period as well with all things. So I, I'm willing to give them uh, a bit of time. Uh, yes, I, I think people have every right to be frustrated because you, you must understand that a lot of people have been looking forward to the return of local football. So if you are someone who had been sitting at home, you know, watching uh, the Singtel feed of the game, from what I heard, that there was at least two occasions where the, the feed got cut into... Uh, advertisements, right? Um, suddenly. Mm. So, if you are someone watching the game from home, you know how does that make you feel? You know, you could easily have been frustrated and say, you know what, I'm not going to waste my time. I'm going to watch something else. Uh, because when I got home after the game, and that's what uh, I was told by a relative of mine who said, oh, I tried to watch uh the the SPL game, yeah. uh, but you know suddenly the the match went into advertisement. I don't know what was happening. And then, just like that, you lose the new fans. Yeah. So, we're we not talking about fans who have been following the league. These guys, they will find an alternative. They will go onto YouTube and, and, you know, continue from there or they will be patient enough to wait around. But your new fans, your broadcast is extremely important. Uh, and this is what the league has to understand. And again, before I, I rant any further, I think I should give them time. Uh, I think with all things, there will be adjustment period. And I'm looking forward to see how they... They strengthen their, their broadcast in the weeks to come. But I guess one positive I can talk about is uh, having uh, Roshan Rai again for, for, for this season. Um, I think he's been a fantastic addition to the league. Uh, happy to see him continue in that role. Yeah, fantastic. I think you, you brought up a very valid point because both of you were saying what went wrong. I was almost thinking about what I can say went right. And I think Rish Roshan Rai, apart from the fact that he's my partner on crime on Rated RR, he's one of the most uh, knowledgeable pundits we have for the local league. So it's great to have him involved in the coverage. I just wish he got a chance to say a bit more because I think when he does speak, he has a lot to offer. Uh, I like the combination of Shaz and Rosh a lot. I think that works. But going back to the complaints about broadcast, it's it's the it's the fans that we're trying to win over that, that, that are going to be put off by this. You can't go to an ad break during a game. I hate it when it happens during an F1 pit stop. I hate it even more if it happens while the ball is in play in a football match, right? Yeah. So I think those are some complaints which I heard as well. So I, I do think it's a work in progress. I do think the SPL is now, considering the Suzuki Cup was the last tournament which a lot of people watch, to go up against that is going to be very hard for the broadcast team of the SPL. But I think I know the people involved and I do expect them to make incremental gains as the season goes on. So I'm not going to come out and say, why is it still like that? I do feel they do need to be given room to improve and hopefully my word is proven right and they do make incremental gains as the season goes on. Sorry, Raushan, uh, just we have to touch on the fact that, of course, Roshan was partnered with uh, John Dykes. You know, what, what do you feel about his addition to our, our league? Look, I, I, I feel John Dykes does bring a brand name. I think uh, considering he he was part of the Premier League coverage for someone of my age, many years ago, I think it's... The guys of my age would be almost excited for the arrival of John Dykes. It's almost we talk about Andre Moritz arriving with pedigree and stuff like that. So in that sense, there's JD arriving with Premier League pedigree, shall we say. 
But my concern with that is, and this is based on chatter I've seen on the ground, who is John Dykes if you're looking at targeting a younger audience, which I would assume is FAS's target audience because they're trying to win over younger fans, the fans they want to join in in LCS's success. So from that standpoint, I do wonder why JD was roped in rather than if we've seen Shazad and Roshan do it time and time again towards the end of last year, and that's a winning combination. Even for the Suzuki Cup, they were the winning combination, not just on comms, they did pre-match stuff, they did post-match stuff on social media as well. So I'm just questioning why they wouldn't go with the tried and tested trash tried and tested Shazad and Roshan combination. Yep, yeah, I want to say, I actually, I want to say I agree with that because all of last season, we hear on Twitter, people tweeting out, they love that Shaz and uh, Roshan combination. So I was actually very surprised as to why it's not Shaz and Roshan again. But to your first point, Roshan, in terms of uh, John Dykes, I was actually watching, like I said, I was watching the game at home, right? So I had my relatives over and I saw the two sides two sides to it my dad on one hand was just like oh John Dykes like you know um you know Premier League guy like super excited to see John Dykes and then I had my younger cousins who were there and they were like who is this so you know it's definitely something that we should look into into getting someone who who obviously would appeal to the younger generation to the younger crowd but but with that said I'm still team shares and Roche. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think I think just to round things off on this conversation right it feels like regardless of who's fronting the broadcast, to Nasser's complaint earlier, it's about the camera angles, it's about the audio. So if they get those basic rights, then if they get those basics right, then they can put in the stardust almost wherever they please. And they've got a good pool to choose from if they're choosing from the likes of JD, from the likes of Roshan, from the likes of Shaz, and perhaps at some point, even Colette Wong might be involved. So that's, there's, there's, there's room to work with. I do think the basics need to be done right first in terms of camera angles, in terms of audios. The sooner they get sort, that sorted out, I think we are in good hands for the rest of the season. And just one final thing to do before we go, that's who's got the armband. Now, every week, Farah and I, together with our guests, will be picking out one player for the upcoming round of fixtures who will make the biggest impact. But, but, but we can choose a player just once all season in case any of you are planning to pick on uh, Wookiee all season, right? And points-wise, we'll be using a diluted version of the FPL scoring system. Five points for a goal, four for an assist, and five points for a clean sheet. Let's put the guests on the spot first. Deepen, who is your pick for the young band? Uh, I'm, I'm looking at the, the three matches uh, for this weekend, and I'm going to pick one from the one where I see plenty of goals in, and that's, to me... Uh, Tanjung Paga Albrecht's uh, and I think I mentioned at the start of the show I think I predict it to be 4-0, 5-0 or even more uh, and so I'm going to put my armband on Tarnari Lee I know I know we can only use once a season but I'm expecting him to start the season with a bang uh, Tarnari Lee for me Okay and Farah? I actually was contemplating between Tarnari Lee and Kim Shin Wook Obviously, based on what I saw at the weekend, just on that alone, a little premature, maybe. But since it's match day one, oh, this is really tough. I actually had Wookie down. I'm well on board the Wookie train. You know what? I'm Ben on Kim Shin Wook. Let's go. <laughs> both, of, both of you are essentially playing your trump cards on game week <laughs> one. I, I, I do question it. But anyway, at some point, Farah can come back to Tadana Ali because obviously it was a guest prediction, right? So... Wookie and Tarana Lili are locked in for me. Wow. I'm going to go left field, guys. I'm going to go Amy Reka for me. I, I, feel, I feel he ended the season strongly. 
Um, had a bit of a dabble into the Suzuki Cup, got some minutes there. He's been fairly quiet in the preseason. I do expect him to pick up where he left off. Will he be a match winner against LCS? Perhaps not. LCS might have too much for Haugang, but I do expect him to be at least in and amongst the goals. So for me, Amy Reka has the armband for me. All right, guys, it's been fabulous wrapping up this Match Day 1 podcast with you guys. I think we've really set the scene for a very exciting weekend that kicks off on Friday at 7.45. Albrecht against Tanjong Paga, followed by Belsley and Tampines on Saturday, and then Super Sunday, Line City Sailors against Haugang United. For those of you listening in, this is a show we are doing for you, the fans. So do get involved. Help us share the content and spread the word that the SPL podcast is up and running. Thank you so much, Deepan, for joining us on the show. Thank you so much, Farah. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me.